This is the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. We have assembled the world's finest sports and trivia dorks to prove once and for all that we are just as bad at this as we were at sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, sports trivia for those of us who rode the pine. I am not your host, Matt. Today's game, we'll be pitting two Benchwarmer teams against each other. We'll have Mr. Josh Bombach and Mr. Scott Grimes. Now, uh, facing David, uh, Mr. Lux, and myself. And today's game will be hosted by, uh, and you've hosted once before, you've been a guest once before, but uh, the infamous, the famous, the awesome, the man, Joe Bryan. Joe, why don't we start with you? How you doing, bud? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And thank you guys for having me on. To remind everybody, my name is Joe. I'm a born and raised Bostonian. Been living in Northern Ooh. California for the last 20 some odd years. Uh, still <laughs> a fan in a whole of city. <laughs> yeah. Still a fan of all the Boston teams. No, it's New England. It's like a general like region of the country. I'll just boo all of them. Yeah. You're in there too, Mark. <laughs> Everyone from up there. You're all in there. <laughs> and I'm doing well. I just got back a couple hours ago from a little 36 hour excursion with my wife to Napa. Um, had a day full of great wine and great food yesterday, so that was awesome. And I am uh, very much looking forward to meeting my brother-in-law, who's a Buffalo Bills fan, for tomorrow night's game uh, <laughs> with first place in the AFC East on the line. So really excited about that. Hoping the Patriots uh, will end up only having a one-year break from the playoffs. And uh, on that front, things are looking good, so I'm doing well. Yeah, I was hoping... Hoping they'd have a skid for like another 20 years or something like that, but no. You know what? You're not the only one. Even when they were bad before the 2000s, they pop in every couple of years and they do. They, you know, went to a couple of Super Bowls in there. So, yeah, they would get their butts kicked inside Super Bowls, but every now and again, <laughs> yeah, let's go noise. back to that. Nope, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm well, right. speaking of uh, a Bills fan, I guess he's not quite a Bills fan, but he's kind of a Bills fan. So, uh, Scott, how are you, buddy? Um, three things. So the first one is thank you for introducing him as David and not this Lux thing that he's trying to make happen. Yeah, we, none of us thinks that the, that's, this is a bunch just, of bull crap. That, yeah, that's just not happening. Second is Joe. We'll have to to find a place to to maybe meet and grab a drink. I'm I'm in L.A. now, so there you go. Yeah, we'll have to uh, coordinate something off air Absolutely. where we can we can meet up, uh, watch a game or something. Third thing and the most pressing is, um, you know, my body just keeps telling me that I'm not 22 anymore. And it just keeps finding new ways to do that over and over again. So I'm currently in our, I want to say 32 of not being able to move out of this chair because my lower back is killing me. Oh, so nice. I've, I've been chair ridden for the entire weekend since yesterday morning when I messed it up playing flag football. I tried to accelerate on a go route and something happened. And for the rest of the game, I had no range of motion, no mobility. I couldn't go up for jump balls. It was terrible. So I'm in a lot of pain, but uh, I, I numbed it for these next two and a half hours. So hopefully, <laughs> um, drink. hopefully the pain of the possible loss that Josh and I have is not as painful as my back. No, I was listening. Cortisone? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What'd you numb it with? I don't know. I just got grabbed. It was in the medicine cabinet here. <laughs> That's going to be an early bleep. I love it. Um, you know, I was listening to a couple of guys on a podcast the other day that were talking about how they had to stop playing baseball and uh, basketball and, you know, flag football and all this kind of stuff when they got to be like in their late 30s and 40s. You got to pick up tennis and pickleball and squash and the things like that, you know, so keep that competitive edge, but do it. That's something that's not going to 
wear and tear in your body. Yeah, but, it's tough. Yeah. It's just so much fun playing wide receiver. It's like the most, to me, it's the, like the most throwing position you can play in any sport because there's just so much nuance that you can do to it. There's trash talking, but you don't have to say anything. You just catch the ball and that's your trash talking. And I love it. So hopefully I'll be back out there soon, but if not, Joe, we'll go get that drink and yeah, I'll just take it easy from now on. You can medicate well, your sore back that way. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Speaking of old men who are young at heart, uh, let's turn over your teammate, Mr. Bombeck. Uh, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and tell us how you're doing and give us your team name. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. Better today. Yesterday I was uh, not feeling great. So I uh, rested all day and watched college football, which um, I'm hoping I feel better uh, moving forward because I don't have any desire to watch any of the final four games. <laughs> um, I got enough watching those teams yesterday and uh, outside of uh, Cincinnati. Well, I guess Michigan, they're not always in there, but I'm, yeah. I'm tired of I'm tired of the SEC. They're boring. It's just whatever. So, I don't know. When's the last um, time Georgia was in the final four? Not that long ago. It, oh, was just, it? Just long? a couple of years yeah. back. All right. <laughs> like they don't, they're not there as often, but they've yeah. been there enough recently. I was so, just hoping that Georgia would beat Alabama. Yeah. I was hoping that too, but uh, oh well. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, other than that, um, doing well today. And, you know, it's always nice to team up with Scott. Uh, we actually team up pretty well together. We kind of, uh, fill in the gaps on where the knowledge is lacking sometimes. And then we have stuff we, neither of us have any clue on. So, you know, uh, but in, in honor of the, uh, announcement of the, uh, baseball hall of fame from the, um, the old timer committees, um, two twins got in. Um, so congratulations to Jim Cott, but also to, Tony Oliva. So today we, our team name is Tony OMG. <laughs> well, and they also had uh, Minnie Minosa, former St. Paul Saint. So there you go. So covering all of our Minnesota loves. All right, well, I'll go next and then I'll give it over to you, David. You can take, tell our team name since you're the one that came up with it. So I'm doing good. Nothing new, just uh, you know, craziness going on a cruise here in a week. So you have to get a COVID test within like 48 hours of um <clears throat> of the cruise itself so we had to schedule it at a place that was close to us it was a kind of a fiasco down in orlando and then um then uh just getting everything all ready to go you know abroad with the kids and finding a dog sitter and house and all that kind of business keeping me busy so that's all that's new in my world david yeah, things are good. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to ride out this David thing. I guess I've I've lived with it for a while, so I'm gonna have to Tough. gonna have to ride the first name. If you if this will make you feel better, come on, Deluxe, give us what you got. Yeah, nice, nice. Thank you. Thank How about we call you, you Davy? Davy, yeah, yeah. Davy, yeah. Davy. No, you don't like. <laughs> I'm not sure. Talking Davey's to Davy, go. my friend in the Navy. <laughs> wow. Yes, it's a pretty good crowd for a Sunday. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we were negotiating team names and and also we're focusing around the recent baseball or just today, the Baseball Hall of Fame announcement. And thankfully, we didn't decide to focus on the same player, but we did we did happen to hit a Minnesota twin. And we were just prior to this, we were exchanging stories and uh, our emeritus player, Dan, Dan Lundberg, was sharing a great story about Jim Cott. So in honor of Jim Cott finally making it into the Hall of Fame, we are going to be breaking off a piece of that Jim Cott bar. I love it. Uh, three-time All-Star, 16 gold gloves, 283 wins, 
in a 25 year major league baseball career. Why, why wasn't this man in the hall of fame in the eighties or the nineties? This is, that's a crime. If Don Sutton made it as quickly as he did, Jim Cott definitely should have. Yeah. Yeah. Because longevity is worth something. He was very effective for five years. Very effective for a very long time. Played four decades. Yep. I'm with you. Gold gloves. That's crazy. 16. Yeah. But yeah, I think pitcher. only uh, Greg Maddox, as any player, has had more. He had 18. There's one other player with 16. I can't remember a position player who had 16. All right. Well, those are our teams, and we got our hosts. Now let's throw it over to Dan for the rules. We'll be starting off with the coin flip question to warm up the teams. This will be followed by four quarters of play, each with a different trivia style. Styles of quarters one through three will change from show to show, and I will explain them as we go along. Like any good sporting event, we will have a halftime show after the second quarter with entertainment questions pertaining to sports. And in the fourth quarter, our teams will wager from their points accumulated to see your today's clipboard captains to be honored like the true benchwarmers they are. All right, let's get this game underway. All right, well. Thanks, Dan. That didn't quite have the energy that he normally has in his rule read there. But, uh, you know, the, it's, a, it's a tough Vikings loss today. He's, yeah, he's it's, not in the best mood today. Yeah, that's okay. it's been a long Sunday for him. <laughs> yeah, every right. Sunday's a long Sunday for Vikings fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you guys, you guys, two weeks ago, you beat the Packers. So there you go, oh, right? Sure. Yeah, well, you know, that that's one of those moral victories that uh, we can Back- hang our hat on. You know, and you had the opposite thing back in the eighties when I was a kid, the only two games, cause I knew the Packers were going to stink. So I, the only two games I cared about was if they beat the Vikings at least one time a year. So, so there you go. All right, let's go ahead and turn over to our host, Joe, Joe, it's all yours, buddy. Go ahead. Excellent gentlemen. Well, it is now time for the coin flip, which is a 50, 50 warmup question worth 10 points. Um, in lieu of a coin to flip to decide which team's going to answer the question, while you were talking, I crumpled up two pieces of paper and I have selected randomly the Tony OMG. So this is going to be your question to answer, gentlemen. Um, and the question is this. Which state has experienced more Stanley Cup wins, New York or Pennsylvania? Ooh. Um, I'm thinking New York initially off the top of my head because we've got the Islanders four Pete, right? Yeah. The Rangers won in what, 94? Yeah, and then again in what, didn't they win in the early aughts? Didn't yeah, they? yeah, within the last like 10 years. But, then you, but you've got... You've got Broad Street. Yeah, I, I, this... Absolutely, it's a coin flip. I'm fine going whichever way. If you want to go New York, we can go New York. Uh, well, I mean, what well, we got the Broad Street Bullies, right? And did they win? And any? they won. Yeah, they they won. I think I want to say two or three. I mean, the Penguins have won. Penguins have won what three or four this millennium? Yeah, and they won. I think they won one back. Well, they beat the they won with Super North Stars Mar- in Mario. the early '90s. All right, I I say we go that way then. Actually, now that. Now that we're kind of said that, how can you do yeah. it? Let's do it. All right, we'll check in with Pennsylvania. 
Excellent. Tony OMG has checked in with Pennsylvania. Um, so, Scott, you're pretty accurate with your breakdown there. The Islanders are four and one all time. They went five years in a row, but they lost the fifth one to the Oilers who they, that had their little dynasty. Um, over the course of their history, the Rangers have also won four, uh, which is, by the way, the lowest amount for any original six. Of all the 60. original six, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boston and Chicago both have six, and then it goes up from there. Um, and Buffalo, of course, although in the state of New York, they're 0-2 all time. So you got 4-4-0 four, four, and zero for a total of eight. Um, the Broad Street Bullies did win two years in a row in the mid-70s. So they have two. Uh, Pittsburgh won two in the 90s. One in 08 or 09, I forget. And then a couple uh, in a row in 16 and 17 for a total of five. So the total for Pennsylvania is seven. The total for New York is eight. The answer is New York. Yeah, sorry. Could have gone with you. Should have gone with your first instinct, but I, I don't. I, I, I turned out there was a third team, but not that it matters. Right. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So heading into the first first quarter, we have a score of break me off a piece of that. Jim Cotbar has ten. Tony OMG has zero. Before we get to the first quarter, we wanted to let you know that we are on Patreon. If you'd be interested in supporting us financially. Your contributions will be used to help us cover the costs that it takes to bring you the high-quality sports trivia you have come to expect from us. There's also some great perks that come with the Patreon membership to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast, including bonus episodes and Benchwarmers swag. You can find us at patreon.com slash benchwarmersTP. Thanks. Today's first quarter will be David versus Goliath. David versus Goliath. This quarter will consist of three pairs of questions, one easier, David, and one harder, Goliath. After hearing both questions, the teams will pick one of the two questions to answer, either David or Goliath. Each David question is worth 25 points, and each Goliath question is worth 50 points. Yikes. All right. Um... Yikes is right. So, I don't want to hear it, David. Oh, shucks. I'm just a simple <laughs> farm boy. I don't know nothing about no sports trivia. For starters, oh, my gosh. I, I never said some stupid farm boy. I'm pretty sure those are, all, those, those are all within like 100 miles of where you live, my friend. But okay. <laughs> all right. So today's David, uh, Matt and Josh, you might remember this because uh, I believe you were both involved in the first game that I hosted way back uh, in episode 40 some odd. Um, this David versus Goliath is going to have the same wrinkle that that one did. Instead of asking you two different questions, a David and a Goliath, I'm going to give you a set of criteria or ask you a question for which there are two and only two answers. In general, one of the answers is pretty easy. The second one is more difficult. So you can choose to check in with one, either one of the two answers, and that would be a David check-in, or you could try to get both answers, and that would be a Goliath check-in. <laughs> Does that make sense to everybody? All right. Yeah. I don't like this for the first round, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. Well, let's move on and see how it goes as we get into this. So question number one in David versus Goliath. The AFL began play in 1960 and lasted until 1970 when it merged with the NFL. There are two original AFL teams that are still currently in the NFL and have never had a name change of any kind. 
And by that, I mean either in team nickname or the location name. I've never changed the name mm. in any way whatsoever. So the David is to give me one of those teams. The Goliath is to give me both. No, like, not them for sure. We know that. that I know that. Right. I'm yeah. trying to give you other ones I remember, you jackass. All right, so listen. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go to teammate counseling already. Right in the first question. <laughs> oh, this is incredible. I love this. All right, we will check in. Okay. Jim right. Catbar has checked in. Uh, Tony OMG, share your thoughts. Well, Josh and I get along really well. We're going to just speak in very soft voices to one another. <laughs> very calm, very cool, very collected, respectful tones. Josh, I think, you know what, Josh? You're right. You're 100% right with what you just said. You go, you look great in those jeans. <laughs> oh, I'm just trying to think of. Um... So, yeah, you mentioned the bills. I feel good about that. 90 seconds to go, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of. I know I've been going through other teams, and it's either I know that they were NFL or they had a name change. So trying to narrow that down. Right. Originally, I was thinking AFC just because maybe the Bills got me thinking AFC, but I couldn't really think of anyone else that made sense. I just don't know if I remember all the AFL teams. Yeah. I did watch that video that Eric sent us like last year about the origins, but it's not fresh in my, in my brain. I know obviously some of the AFC were previously previous NFL teams that were, yeah. were now then now part of the AFC, but exactly. Yeah. I don't know if I feel comfortable that we could narrow in the second one. Do we just want to, I think unless we knew for sure, I, it's too early to, to be taking these risks. <laughs> we, we can't take zeros. <laughs> right so yeah let's just go with the the bills all right we're gonna check in with the buffalo bills so tony omg has checked in with the buffalo bills uh jim Catbar, tell us what you checked in with the the teams that we checked in with were the buffalo bills and the denver broncos okay um well i'm gonna read down the eight original teams uh they were the new york titans which are now the jets the Boston Patriots, of course, they changed their location name to New England. The Houston Oilers, which are now in Tennessee. The Los Angeles Chargers, who are the Los Angeles Chargers now, but spent a lot of the time as <laughs> the San Diego Chargers. The Oakland Raiders, who have been the blah, blah, blah Raiders in a million different things. The Dallas, the Dallas Texans, which are now the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills and the Denver Broncos. So both teams will be receiving points. Uh, and nobody fell for the trap answers um, because there are two trap answers here. Both the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins joined the AFL, but were not original eight members. They did not. They right. were not there in 1960. The Bengals joined in 68 and the Dolphins joined in 66. So oh. good job avoiding that pitfall. Um, I'm actually glad I didn't think of the pitfalls because I might have fallen into them. So I yeah. started thinking about them yeah. and that's where I was like, I'm I don't want to risk points so because i couldn't remember who were the original afl right. teams and i'm sorry i probably should have worded that differently matt what i meant by original is what we're in the afl in 1960 which the kansas yeah. City chiefs were not so question number two in david versus goliath in the history of professional sports in the united states only two sets of siblings have both been drafted, num <clears throat> excuse me, have both been drafted number one overall by the same league. 
David, name one set of siblings. Goliath, name them both. We'll no. check in. All right. So Jim Catbar has checked in. Tony OMG, share your thoughts with us. The Mannings. Yes, that, that, those, that's, that's our thoughts. That's where we're at. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we, that was we know that too. one. We got that one like within sec. Actually, I think Scott had it sent over before you finished the question. Gu- guaranteed um, points right there. So these, these last few minutes um, have been throwing around names that I don't think I'd feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, there's there's I, so many where I could think of one and then I'm like, well, the brother went high, but I don't know that. Like uh, Chris Long and Jake Long. Jake was one. Chris was like two or three, yeah. I believe. Yeah. You know, and then like I, like I said, the Uptons. But you know, uh, we yeah. Justin was a number one. I don't. It's, just, it's the same with like Stephen Drew and JD Drew. They're both, I believe, top five. But I don't. I don't think either one of them went one. You said the Negroes because that's brothers, right? I have no idea if any brothers. of them were drafted first overall. Yeah. Uh, so we. <laughs> We'll probably just do what we did before. Go with the one we're safe with. I think at this point, we kind of need to just keep getting some points. Yeah, I agree. All right, Joe. So we are checking in with the Manning brothers. Excellent. And Jim Catbar, tell us what you checked in with. We're also going David. And we also check in with the Mannings. And we threw around an awful lot of garbage. We thought of the Uptons. We thought of the Drews. And then and then we started playing the game of, does this number one pick even have a brother? <laughs> we realized, we, we realized, I, said, I said, hey, does realized, Jim Edmonds have a brother that went number one? <laughs> he said, that's yeah, on the left field. It was just right. Can, <laughs> can Griffey have a brother? Then we played the Wayne Gretzky game. So yeah. we, came, we came up with another theory, but we didn't feel a remotely confident in it um, that the Ogumikes, I can't remember exactly how to pronounce them, the Nigerian sisters, who were, I think at least one of them and maybe both of them were, we're drafted number one overall by W by the WNBA, but we were so not confident. So we checked in David with Mannings. You didn't want to go with the Ogumba weekdays? No? Ogumba. Yeah. Thank you. I don't even just, know how to say it. I, I just not, I, I said, it was, Ogumba I said it's the, I typed it on. I said like, it's the girls who's it's like Obu something. I don't know their last name though. <laughs> well, see if that's the right um, other answer. <laughs> Both teams are getting points uh, for the David answer of Peyton and Eli Manning, of course. That was the David-level answer. Uh, and the Goliath-level answer was Neka and Chine Ogumike. They were, uh, which is why I use the word siblings in the question intentionally. Mm-hmm. And um, thanks to Mason, who, who play tested uh, this game, he helped me word this to get big four out of there. Smart. We didn't even so, think about it. I, I briefly thought, like, could it be a brother and sister with WNBA? But oh, I, I never ooh. thought that maybe it could be. And that's why that, I said yeah. same league. Same league. He said same of, league. Like, oh, yeah. 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 Miller's, I know they weren't number yep. one, but I was afraid of some situation yeah. that I wasn't aware of. So I said the same league because that's all I remember. Yeah, I didn't. I, I wouldn't have been able to. I don't think no. I would have come. Yeah. Once again, yeah, I don't know been... all of those top draft picks necessarily either. I know the big ones and I know they don't have siblings. I honestly thought Scott was the only one needed with a chance of getting that second answer because you know. of your WNBA Great, Great question, though. Yes. Thank you. Uh, that was so a great Neka, question. Agreed. Neka and Chine were teammates at Stanford. Uh, Neka was drafted number one in 2012 by the Sparks. Chine, two years later, by the Connecticut Sun. Um, they also have two other sisters who both played hoop, that played hoops at Rice. Um, Erica and Olivia. Mm. Um, Erica was actually. I remember drafted, Erica. Yeah. yeah, she was drafted uh, in 2020. 
uh, yep. later in the first round, 26th or something. Well, actually, I guess that would be the second round. But that's, that's uh, crazy. I was thinking of a different player. As the Ogunbowale is a different. It's another yes. WNBA player. Yeah. Yes. Not. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna. Sense. I was gonna tell you as much as I was stumbling. I was pretty sure there wasn't a B in the name, so I knew. I knew we weren't. Yeah. <laughs> Stanford is Isn't Stanford the uh, the Brown of the West, David? No. <laughs> yeah, Scott. Even if you'd been like WNBA uh, sister no. or you know an O, yeah. I would have gone with the wrong O. The no yeah, right, exactly. Ogunbowale, not Ogumike. Ogumike. <laughs> yeah, that so, was a very legitimate David and Goliath, by the way, because the David was slam dunk easy, and the Goliath was percent yeah, was yeah. ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, that's why, uh, like Joshua, will always say that your David could be the easiest. We don't care, and your in your Goliath, I don't, it could be a who, and it doesn't make a difference. We love it. Go ahead and go for it. The David sometimes is like, dear God, what? That's a David question. <laughs> <laughs> And before we go on to the next question, I did this question a while back, and I am not a WNBA. I, I don't next to nothing about the WNBA, including how to pronounce this name. <laughs> and so I actually looked to see if I could find pronunciation online and couldn't find anything. By chance, I never, ever watch ESPN unless it's a live game anymore. I'm just over all the talking head stuff. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't do it. By chance, ESPN was on, I think, after – the 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 Oregon Utah game the other night and I left it on by accident and some woman was talking and then they said let's throw it over to Chine Ogumike who is now an analyst for oh, ESPN okay. I was like great that's how you say her name all right so let's move on to question number three in 1944 Dartmouth lost to Utah 42-40 in the NC2A basketball tournament championship game since then, only two other Ivy League schools have made it to the Final Four. One team, captained by Bill Bradley, made it to the Final Four in 1965. And the other, in 1979, led by Tony Price. If this isn't a David question... <laughs> we, we, can, we can check in. We can check in. Dear God. <laughs> Ask the Ivy Leaguer what Bulls. last two Ivy Leagues or the only Ivy League schools to go to the Final Four or whatever. For a minute, I thought you were saying it was so easy. It's a David level question. It's kind of tough to get to. <laughs> you, you teed this one up to for deluxe. Uh, Jim Catbar has checked in. Tony OMG. Talk it up. Remember, you remember Tony Price? I don't even know who Tony Price is. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't either. <laughs> He's uh, Fisher Price's brother. I really don't know about ivy leagues making the final four so i'm i'm not going to get it from that i might get the bill bradley i've looked at his stuff before for funny enough writing questions on this podcast no. <laughs> um i think he went to princeton so it's I, just, I don't so know we can who... eliminate princeton then for for the other one what, what maybe maybe it's a curveball and it's princeton <laughs> twice all right so if we think princeton there 79 is like bird magic at you know at their apex in college so i'm I'm sure i've looked at the bracket before but i mean i i feel like any any answer we give is just going to be us throwing a dart and hoping that we get the right one like i'm not going to have any knowledge behind it i mean you have the you have the right final game the question is who did those two teams right. beat and like i said i'm sure i've read about it i'm sure i've seen the bracket before 
I, I, yeah, I, unless you had something, I don't, I don't. have anything on that one. No, I don't. Uh, Cause uh, yeah. Again, it would just be picking an Ivy league school. Yeah. So should we just check in with Princeton and yeah, we I should. think, I think that's where he went. So, yeah. No, I mean, we got to right. check in with something. So, right. All right. We're going to check in with Princeton. Tony OMG has checked in with Princeton. Um, David and Matt, tell us what you checked in with. Well, that's all David. David, yeah, tell so, us what you checked in with. <laughs> so Bill Bradley, Bill Bradley did go to Princeton. And hey! it was, and so, well, that's all right. I didn't want to, spoiler alert. And, um, and Magic Johnson's Michigan State team in 79 just beat the pants off a of University of Pennsylvania at a pen in the semifinals. So it was Penn was the, so we checked in with Penn and Princeton. Uh, and both teams will be getting points. David had it exactly right. Uh, Bill Bradley was the captain of the Princeton Tigers. Tony Price uh, was the leader of the Penn Quakers. They did get murdered by Magic Johnson's Michigan State team in the semifinals. Um, Tony Price is definitely a who. He was the only player on that Penn team to make the NBA, and he logged exactly 29 minutes of floor time for the 1980-81 San Diego Clippers, scoring a career total of four points. I think he's a who for his mother. Yeah, he's a big who. Which is his why mom doesn't even know who he is. I mm. think the only way to get there was the 1979. I'm asking an old-timey Ivy League question. That, that's right in David's wheelhouse. I'm so glad I could I be helpful know, for that yeah. for you, David. That was, you know... <laughs> Matt right away was like, oh, yeah, Tony Price. Yeah, I'm an athletic <laughs> supporter. All right. So after the first quarter, we have a score of Jim Catbar with 135 and Tony OMG with 75. David, I hope Today's your knees are solid because you're going to be carrying me this whole damn game. So just FYI. <laughs> Not if there aren't more Ivy League questions, but okay. I'll get my best. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Joe, how many over under uh, 15 more Ivy League questions over under that? That is the end of the Ivy League. Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Um, I'm I'm turning tables. Today's second quarter will be The Missing Link. The Missing Link. This quarter will consist of five questions with theme-linked answers. The teams will attempt to answer the questions and guess the theme. Each question is worth 20 points. If a team checks in first via chat to the host with the correct theme before the fifth question, they will earn 100 points. The other team can still earn 50 points with the correct theme guess. If neither team has checked in with the correct theme before the fifth question, each team can earn 50 points with the correct answer to the theme after the fifth question. Question number one in the missing link. What former soccer player, no stranger to a camera lens, came under fire from the LGBTQ and human rights activists in late October when it was announced that he would receive an estimated 200 to $275 million to be the official ambassador of the 2022 World Cup in Qatar and Qatar? Joe, we are checked in. Excellent. Tony OMG has checked in. Jim Catbar, tell us what you're thinking. I think uh, I think David and I kind of <laughs> came to the same conclusion uh, about you know about our answer about the same time they did too. So, um, so David, we think it's got to be somebody who is extremely well known, right? Somebody who did good in the World Cup, 
And I think more importantly, somebody who would actually care about, you know, I mean, there's some, probably some older soccer players out there that couldn't give a rat's ass about, you know, causing controversy in the LGBTQ community. Right. But I'm pretty sure David Beckham is very aware of how, you know, cause he's been very active in his wife in those communities and social justice type stuff. So I'm trying to think of somebody too, that would be a big enough name that would warrant $200 million just for being an ambassador. And also the hint of no stranger to a camera lens is what is what drew yeah. me to somebody like David Beckham, because is like, there... hey, like somebody, somebody who's a huge name in soccer would be somebody like Pele, but he's not, he's not a guy who craves the camera anymore. Wait, is Pele yep. even still alive? <laughs> like, wait, so, I think he is. Uh, yeah. Okay. I okay. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, Pele, but the, man. the modern, yeah, don't kill Pele. Come on. Yeah. David. No. Um, yeah. But like even the modern guys too, like Ronaldo, they're going to be in, the tournament they're not gonna you know no no right you know it's, it's gotta mean? be so it's gotta be yeah. somebody who's retired so i think we're safe with going checking in with uh david beckham right i agree and he says he says specifically what former soccer players so yeah i think david yeah, beckham, yeah, let, we, go. let's check in you good with checking in then we can yep, check in with them. let's go ahead and okay. do that yep jim catbar has checked in with david beckham tony omg tell us i was gonna check in with. yeah i was gonna point out to you guys that uh, a former soccer player usually means they're retired just one yeah, no. Or or they just play a different sport now, and they're oh, like, you know right, what? I'm not right. playing soccer anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, I didn't have any idea from any of the other pieces other than no stranger to the camera lens because this guy's probably been photographed more than any other soccer player outside of the game of soccer. Maybe even with probably not within the game of soccer, but outside of it, it had to be David Beck. That I mean, him and his wife—they're always having their pictures taken. So. We also checked in with David Beckham. So both teams have checked in with the answer of David Beckham, and both teams will be receiving points. The answer is David Beckham. Um, so, Matt, you mentioned that they've done a lot of good work, but I guess, you know, David Beckham's price tag is about $200 million because Doesn't he have to pay now... for a soccer team in L.A.? Uh, no, Miami. He is the... Um, He's the president oh, and owner yeah. of Inter Miami, which is a new Inter. MLS team as of a couple few seasons ago. Um, like they're yeah, make payroll. Cash. What's that? I don't think they're hurting for cash. Yeah, they're gonna make payroll. Uh, no, but two hundred million dollars probably speaks to just about anybody, no matter how much cash you have. It is unfortunately one of the dirtiest sporting events. It, has, it hasn't even happened yet, and already has one of the dirtiest histories of any sporting event yeah, ever. Some like the World Cup is corrupt. There's what? some, yeah, but as the corruption is the one thing, but there's some ridiculous number of people have died in yes. effort. It's like, I think it's over a thousand. And it's a mostly Nepalese immigrants yep. that have to live and work in pretty squalid and dangerous conditions and whatnot, which is why the human rights activists are very mad at, at Beckham. Vice anybody. News did a whole big thing yeah, on was, it here a while just back. Just trying was... to be a little light and move forward with some humor. And you guys just had to keep bringing it down. <laughs> wah, wah, Matt's talking politics. Let's move on. Matt and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me so I get this right. It's 20 points per answer. Correct. Round. And okay. then either 50 or 100, depending on yeah, who gets it when. And the... Yeah. Yeah. So a new rule, uh, David can only get 50 points on a theme. That's a new rule we've implemented right now. 
Oh, Actually, the way, it's, the way it's written in the rule book, it's Davy the farm boy can only get 50. There, there <laughs> are officially. And is that, is that above or below the rule that says Walling can have as many guesses as he wants? <laughs> Good call. There are two oh. members of the competition committee playing. They happen to be on the same team. They just... <laughs> Emergency meeting. Hmm. All to order. Okay, so the theme-linked answer so far is David Beckham. On to question number two. Only two players have top 60 goals in an NHL season since Mario Lemieux and Yaromir Yarger both did it in 1996. Steven Stamkos got exactly 60 for the Lightning in 2011-2012. Who is the other player who netted 65 goals in the 07-08 season? His incredible season helped his team win its division and place third in the conference, but they lost to the Flyers four games to three in the first round of the playoffs. I'm just trying to think if there's anybody else that I like in my limited, my limited hockey Rolodex, Rolodex, which is significantly smaller than Josh's knucklehead Rolodex. Oh, it, most Rolodexes are smaller than my knucklehead Rolodex. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe, we're going to go check in. Jim Cat Barr has checked in. Tony OMG. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, well, the first name that popped for me was Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned Crosby. Um, I know he scores a lot of goals, but he's actually, more, I think he's a more well-rounded and is often at the top for points. Just. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, seven, oh eight Eastern conference. I mean, Ovechkin seems like the obvious answer. It's just a guy that just scores like nobody's business. Sorry. I was trying to think if there was someone that had just like this really great, like outlier season, but I can't like, I, I feel Ovechkin like that would have just come to me yeah. if it, if it, if it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Should we go with Ovechkin? Yeah, I think so. All right. We're checking in with Alexander Ovechkin. Tony OMG has checked in with Alex Ovechkin. Um, Jim Capbar, tell us what you checked in with. Yeah. That uh, 07, 08 season. I, I'm not quite sure if that was his, it wasn't his rookie season, right? It was like his second or third season, something like Anyway, yeah. We also checked in with Alexander Ovechkin. So both teams have checked in with Alexander Ovechkin, and both teams are going to get their points. I actually, side note, had a, a second version of this question in case Eid was on the episode because I've, <laughs> between, you know, <laughs> narrowing it down to the Eastern Conference and all of this other stuff, I was going to take a lot of that away uh, had he been on. Oh, you you don't need to try and make hockey questions harder for yeah that doesn't help anybody everybody else. He's gonna get yeah. the right answer anyway. Leave it so everybody else can get the answer. The Flames yeah, the, number the, three pick in the nineteen seventy eight yeah. draft, and he knows who it is. He played three games and he spent the rest of his career mm. in the minors, and he knows. Oh, him. we all know that it's Tim Price, of course, right? Yeah, Tony Price. Look, I forgot already. <laughs> The best, the best way to level the playing field for hockey questions, like for someone like Ovechkin, is to ask questions about appearances on life insurance commercials, because all the all the bench warmers are on that are onto that, right? Oh, so. that's that's better than mine. Mine is the best way is to just not ask them. There you go. That's right. I love it. Go. I love it. Okay, Ugh. so um, 2008 was the first time he led the league in scoring, which earns you the Rocket Richard Trophy. He's mm -hmm. only won it eight more times since then. Oh, that's it. Uh, that's it. Okay. Um, but I've won uh, surprisingly, times. out of those, the last eight, his highest goal total has been 56. So he hasn't oh. gotten to 60 uh, since that year of 65. Um, 
So moving on to question number three, the theme linked answers so far are David Beckham and Alex Ovechkin. Question number three, what tennis player is the youngest male to win a Grand Slam event, winning the 1989 French Open at the age of 17 years and 100 days? Check in. We have an immediate check-in from Tony <laughs> OMG. So Jim Katbar, why don't you talk it out as you figure it out? That's uh, Michael Chang, right? It's Michael Chang. We'll check in. So Jim Katbar has checked in with Michael Chang. Uh, Tony OMG, who'd you check in with? Yeah. Um, unbeknownst to you, Joe, uh, I asked a question about this individual two episodes ago. So, uh, yeah, the answer is Michael Chang. Well, the answer is indeed Michael Chang. So both teams will be getting their points. I, I, David, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I hemmed and hawed a lot, wondering if the 1989 French was like a Pavlov from Michael Chang, um, because it was a pretty memorable win. I don't know if you guys remember when he beat Lendl, who at the time was number one. He had injuries. He was down, uh, I think, two sets to none. He started hitting moon balls because he, he needed to get himself more time to get back to the center of the court. He actually, on the final, Lendl double faulted to lose the game, to lose the whole match. And for whatever reason, Chang actually stood on the service line, not the baseline, for that second serve. And it just messed with Lendl's head, and he, he missed it, and that was the match. Oh. So he, yeah, he did all sorts of crazy things. He was, he match. was cramping. I remember that he also had at one point he was, he underhand served when he just sort of like, yes, you remember that? Yes. I remember yep. watching that. Yep. Hmm. He did. Um, and my other note is the only two players to win a Grand Slam, the only two other players to win a Grand Slam before their 18th birthdays are Boris Becker, who did it in the 85 Wimbledon, and Mats Wielander, who did it uh, just about a couple months shy of his 18th birthday when he won the 82 French. So after the third question, the theme-linked answers are David Beckham, Alex Ovechkin, and Michael Chang. On to question number four. In the 10 seasons between 1995 and 2004, seven Major League Baseball players hit 350 or more home runs. But only one of those seven meets the following two criteria. Number one, played all 10 of those seasons with the same team. And number two, never during those 10 seasons did he lead his league in walks. Joe, we can check in. Jim Catbar has checked in. Tony OMG, tell us what you're thinking. Thinking there's a lot of guys that hit a lot of home runs that played for one team during that span, more than I initially thought. Um, well, Josh, so, what do you think? We've got some names here. So I think Canerco in that time frame, because I think his whole career was kind of in that time frame, or at least the bulk of it. I think he started I, in yes. that time frame. I think he started with a different team. I don't think I he think was it was the Dodgers. Done. Okay. So that takes him out. Uh, so you got Chipper Jones, you said, which I like that answer. Um, then yep. you said Todd Helton and then Jeff Bagwell. I think I was thinking of the other, um, his teammate. Biggio, uh, Berkman. Biggio, no. Which one of them started in San Diego? One of those guys started in San Diego before going to Houston. I, I know Bagwell was traded um, before that time frame to yeah. the Astros. He only played for them during that 10-year span. Edgar Martinez is another guy. I could see him leading the league in walks, though, just because... I could see Bagwell leading the league in walks, too. Yeah. 
And I feel the same for Helton as well. He was a big on-base percentage guy. So do we just go with Chipper Jones then? Because he's kind of the only one we haven't mentally eliminated. He seems like a guy that would get a good amount of walks too, though. Like he was a... He does, but it was probably harder to pitch around him because his teams were, you think, you know, you think the teams were a little bit better, during, especially during that time, right? The Braves, Andrew Jones and some of the other guys that were hitting behind him. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm fine with that. Should we go with Chipper Jones? Let's do it. All right. We'll check in with Chipper Jones. Tony OMG has checked in with Chipper Jones. Uh, Jim Catbar, tell us what you checked in with. Yeah, so as, as soon as you sort of gave the criteria, Matt started rattling off a lot of the same players. We just heard these guys talking about, and I, I just played the game of crossing them off and saying, who do I remember switching teams in the middle of that? And also, who do I think didn't lead the league in walks? So I kind of quickly went to it had to be a National League player because somewhere in their bonds was doubling everybody's walk totals. <laughs> so we're pretty sure it was Sammy Sosa. And I was just trying to remember when his career ended. And I think if I remember right, I don't know why this is rusty, but I think right at the tail end of his career, he like went to somebody like the Orioles. But anyway, Texas, pretty sure. No, no, he was a Texas earlier. He went oh, to the Texas the White right, Sox. Yeah, the Cubs. Right, but anyway, yeah. pretty sure it's Sammy Sosa. So that's what we checked in with. Okay, Jim Catbar has checked in with Sammy Sosa, and one team will be getting their points. The answer is Sammy Sosa. Um, does anybody want to take a, a stab as to the seven that got 350 or more? Didn't we name some of them? <laughs> you named some, but actually uh, uh, not. Uh, I think uh, the only ones that were named specifically were Bagwell and Sosa. Did Jim Tomey get there during that time frame? Jim Tomei did, but he was with uh, right. Cleveland and Griffey. Chicago. Yeah. Chipper Jones didn't get 350 home runs in that time frame? Not in that time. Not wow. in that time frame. McGuire? He was a little earlier. He was a little earlier, his peak. So I don't think he, you know, the later years, I don't think he could have gotten to 350 in those 10 years. Probably right. in some 10 years yeah, in his yeah. career, but not those. I would think Griffey's got to be in there. Griffey's got to be, yeah. Griffey's not because he got hurt. Oh. Yeah, his, his home runs, he, he would have had a bulk of them before. And how about so, Bonds? Bonds and McGuire? Bonds. Yeah, McGuire, McGuire retired too early. Yeah. McGuire is not. Bonds is. So here are the answers. And I'll go from the closest to 350 up to Sosa was number one. Sosa's, in fact, Sosa has 479 in this stretch. It's the most of any Whoa. player in it's any 10 year stretch. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, That's 40, 48 home runs. 48 a year. 48 a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so the other players in the stretch were Bagwell had 354, Manny had 371. Uh, A-Rod had 381, mm. Tomei had 393, Rafi Palmero had 396, Barry Bonds had 444, and Sammy Sosa 479. The only three players that meet that first criteria of playing all 10 seasons with one team are Bagwell, Sosa, and Bonds. Bonds, of course, led the league and walks about a dozen times during his career. Yeah. Um, and Bagwell did eke out the NL walk lead. Uh, he led the NL with walks with 149 of them in 1999. Mm. You know, that was so also that, what's uh, interesting about that list is it's very much a steroid all-star team. Sadly. Well, that's why I picked those 10 years. Because yeah. There's no other 10-year stretch where you could say what I just said. That many players hit 350 or more. Oh, yeah. You know, it was just a magical time for steroids and home runs. So, so far, after four questions, the theme-linked answers are David Beckham, Alex Ovechkin, Michael Chang, and Sammy Sosa. On to question number five. This NBA player changed his uniform number from 25 to six. 
when his team retired the number 25 at the beginning of his third pro season. He ended up wearing the number six for five different teams over the final 12 years of his career. He says that he chose the number six because he's a big, he was a big fan of Julius Irving growing up. Maybe that's why he chose to play college ball in Philadelphia at Temple University. Who am I talking about? Joe, we're going to check in. Jim Catbar has checked in. Tony OMG, tell us what you're thinking. I'm thinking who the hell went to Temple? That had any much of a career, had much of a right, career. Right, right. Uh, I was just thinking, I just had someone in my mind. I... All right, well, well, maybe we try to do this a different way. Um, I think Eddie Jones went to Temple. Oh, you know what? I think you're, yeah. Was he, did he wear number six? He could have. I'm thinking, but he did play for the Lakers, and they are a team that would retire a jersey, right? Because you're going to the team retired the jersey. So it's going to be a team that has a lot of 25s are kind of a random number to retire. You know what? Uh, I don't <laughs> – are we going to come up with anyone else from Temple other than Eddie Jones? I mean, I think I can think of a couple of guys, but I don't think they those guys played for 12 you know years. I, now that I, I think he did wear six. Um Wearing the number six for five five different teams, right? He went well, to he Miami. Played the, he played for Miami. I Charlotte. Number six for Miami. I know he played for Charlotte. Yeah, he did bounce around there. So the criteria fits. Yeah, I, I can't think of any other any other temple. And I do know I do remember him wearing six when, for the uh, Heat. Growing up in my neighborhood, um, I got called Eddie Jones a few times by some of the neighborhood bullies because they – were spying on me shooting hoops once and I called out Eddie Jones as I shot a three and I made it and so Eddie Jones was my nickname for like the next four years but it wasn't like a good nickname it was them just making fun of me because I was the like weird nerdy kid who knew every player on every team so I just called out random names when I shot um so for that because I've never answered Eddie Jones on this podcast Joe we're gonna check in with Eddie Jones excellent and Jim Kotbar, tell us what you checked in with we checked in with Eddie Jones. We, we, it hit us going back to front from the theme. Both teams have checked in with Eddie Jones, and uh, it was Eddie Jones who retired. I've changed his uniform number because of the retirement uh, or the Lakers retiring Gail Goodrich's number in 1996, which was his third pro season. So both teams will be getting points. And after the fifth question, um, one team has checked in with a theme-linked answer. And for the benefit of the other team, the theme link dancers are David Beckham, Alex Ovechkin, Michael Chang, Sammy Sosa, and Eddie Jones. Yeah, they, they share given names it, with Van Halen. It, it sucks because after the first one, I really wanted to jump into this answer. But mm -hmm. I, I, Josh and I felt like we were running with the devil. And now I want to just go to Panama to get over this. But uh, yeah, we're going to check in with Van Halen. So many dad jokes in one sentence. It's unbelievable. I'm hitting that. Um, I also want to throw in that is the eighth night of Hanukkah and David Lee Roth lights the menorah, as do James Caan <laughs> and the late Dinah Shore. So that's, that's for all my celebrating Hanukkah friends. Thank you very much. <laughs> Jim Kapatbar checked in after the or during the third question and uh, or after the third question, excuse me, while the fourth one was being considered. Um, and gentlemen, why don't you tell us what you checked? Well, it was, oh, me? 
I, I didn't ahead, have a clue on this one at all. All I know is we were originally with the first two, we were talking about Europeans who came to America um, to play with Ovechkin and David Beckham. And then Michael Chang threw that out there. And then in the middle of Michael Chang or the, no, during the Sammy Sosa question, David basically had an aneurysm and freaked out for like about <laughs> it's like, and he goes, Oh, I know, I know it. I know it. I know it. He's over there in euphoria. Well, anyway, so yeah, Van Halen. Uh, both teams checked in with members of Van Halen and both teams would be correct. Uh, David Lee Roth, Alex Van Halen, Michael Anthony, Sammy Hagar and Eddie Van Halen being the five most recognizable and really the only credit there's a few others that played for a little bit yeah, but the, the credited Sammy, members Sammy of Van he's terrible take him <laughs> out of there <laughs> we were trying to think I of other other famous <laughs> eddies it could have been we were going through like eddie guardado uh he had eddie robinson we we're eddie. trying to figure out eddie the eagle eddie, Cur- eddie, eddie curry there you go. Well, for and- scott scott we also were, th- were we're hoping for the eddie guerrero question I I went back and forth about 15 times whether I should put Sammy Sosa as the third question. So the first three would be Beckham, Ovechkin, and Sammy Sosa, all from outside the United States. Uh, See if anybody yeah. could possibly think, like, would it be that simple? And just kind of throw them off, get them thinking that way. But I thought Sammy was a little bit too obvious. I wanted to save Sammy and Eddie for the end because they're the yeah. problem. Outside of David Lee Roth, those are the most famous names. Yeah. You know, well, and David on its own is not a. That's not a name right. that you think means anything. There's so many of them out there. Well, the thing right. is, just there's, irrelevant. there's so many that if you have the first name David, you try David. to convince everyone to go by a different name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Such a common first name that could have been anything. David's over there I'm, drinking your salty tears, Josh. I, I just, I just know, I just know that if I were David Beckham or David Lee Roth, I would brand myself respectively as Beckham or Lee Roth, just because. <laughs> but, but Matt, unfortunately, that doesn't work because, as we've talked about on this podcast, I don't cry at anything. So yeah. there's no salty tears, just salty words. Virtue of answering the theme correctly first, uh, Jim Barr gets 100 points, and getting it correctly uh, later in the round, uh, Tony OMG gets 50. So, after the second quarter, we have a score of Jim Barr 335, and Tony OMG with 205. And that brings us to today's halftime show. It is now time for the halftime show. There will be three entertainment questions pertaining to sports, with each question worth 25 points. Question number one of halftime. When was the NFL championship game televised for the first time? I will give you 10 points if you get it within three years, 20 points if you're within one year, and the full 25 if you nail it exactly. As a 10-point bonus, when was the NFL championship game televised nationally for the first time? Now, for that bonus, you have to get it exactly. All right, we're checked in. Tony OMG has checked in. Jim Kotbar, tell us what you're thinking. So I said it's got to be somewhere in the late 40s for the first part. David said from like 1946 to 1950, and I said, let's put the difference 1948. So we're answering 1948 for the first part. 
Ooh, for the bonus one, um, you know, that uh, that that big one they always talk about, that Colts one where they were playing whoever it was for the championship that was the Heidi game. Or no, that wasn't the championship know, the game. He- that, no, was, no, that, that was a playoff stories. game. Yeah, yeah, that was the Heidi game. That was later. That was because the Jets were in the Heidi game, I think. That was oh, much later. well, that no, was a, okay. The one I'm thinking 70s. of is the, um, the 1957 championship game where Unitas, the Colts and somebody – and they something i forget what anyway but I, th- I thought that that was the first one 1957 but i'm thinking that's too late right because they wouldn't have tvs really were prevalent in the late 40s wouldn't have taken them 12 years to get a national broadcast right i don't know but, but no it's partially about it's partially about interest though right because football wasn't so big back then yeah so well that, college so had... football was huge the nfl yeah, sure. was not huge yeah so so i mean it's probably you know five to 15 years later and then it's just a question of how much later you threw out 55 i was like i don't know at this point i'm totally guessing on the national on the on the national televised yeah. i mean i'm I, I have a pretty good beat only on listening because my dad was born in 1940 so like so 1948 sounds about right i mean he talks about when people started getting television kits and all yeah. that in the, in the late 40s so uh I, I like 48 as the first answer. And I, what did you throw out 55? That seems like a good answer. I mean, I, I, I have no, okay. I have no frame of reference. We're going to check in with uh, 1948 and 1955. Okay. And Tony, OMG, what did you check in with? Um, yeah, we were kind of in a similar thought process with the, the first one. Uh, we were thinking late forties. Um, I actually think I know the answer to the bonus. I think it's 1951. So we knew it probably had to be earlier than obviously it had to be earlier than that for the first part. And we thought it would be after the war. So um, we said 47 for the first one. And then the bonus, we said 51. Okay. Uh, Well, I can tell you that both teams will be getting some points. Um, The answer to the first part, the main part of the question is in fact, 1948. So that will result in 20 points for Tony OMG for being one year off and a full 25 to uh, Jim Kotbar. And on the flip side, Tony OMG did get the bonus. Uh, so all in all, Jim Kotbar gets 25, Tony OMG gets 30 for that question. The 48 game was a seven uh, nothing barn burner between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Chicago Cardinals. Uh, but to be fair, it was played in a snowstorm that was so heavy, it became known as the Philly Blizzard. The 51 game was uh, the Norm Van Brocklin and Crazy Leg Hirsch-led Rams beating mm. the heavily favored Browns 24-17. So a bit more of an interesting game. There's a funny note that comes from that game, though. The Rams gave their championship banner to Tom Bergen's Pub, which is an L.A. pub that hosted the victory dinner. And to date, it is the only NFL championship banner that is privately owned outside of the team that, that earned it. Oh, it's awesome. still in Tom Bergen's Pub. In LA, hmm. or cool. I don't. You guys, if you guys ever want to come see that, we'll make a whole we'll make a whole night out of it. Yeah, there you go. go. You can go check out the nineteen. Yeah, we'll make a whole night NFL. out of it. It's it's not much of a banner, by the way. I looked at it online. It's an old felt jobby with Rams nineteen fifty one champion. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, moving on to question number two in halftime. What three time Olympic figure skater won an Emmy award in nineteen ninety? and also had a self-titled show on the Food Network for two seasons in 2009 and 10. I mean, sure. that, these days anyone can have a cooking <laughs> show, but <laughs> they have a show, Worst Cooks in America, that I could be on because sometimes I burn grilled cheese. All right, we'll check in. 
Tony OMG has checked in. Jim Kotbar, share your thoughts with us, please. Well, I mean, the, the first weird thing to me is that the three-time Olympic figure skater is strange because a lot of, yeah, particularly and on most the women's side, get two at the most. Right. Even and like when they did ninety-two and ninety-four. Ninety-four. That's right. <clears throat> there was that whole big talk. Ooh, we get a chance just two years later instead of having to, you know, end their career after just one time. Right. So we were trying to rack our brains for skaters in the eighties, assuming the Emmy award after their Olympic career. And the first name that I threw out was Katarina Witt. And then he said, isn't she German? And I said, yes. And then we talked about food network. And that's when I threw out the schnitzel with Katarina food network show mm-hmm, was, like was it. a possibility. <laughs> I'm sure that's not, not what it was called, but. Well, the I, funny I, thing is, is that time frame too, with food network 09 to 10, my kids were born in 08. And for some reason we just, always watched either the thing the only two things we watched were kids programming on the tv or my wife loved watching the food network so you think i would have so known remember, well then i was trying to remember other 80s scott was i mean sorry matt was asking me for for names of 80s figure skaters and that from the u.s specifically and i was totally. like debbie Th- debbie thomas kind of struck out in the olympics but she was what a, was the uh, she was a big deal because she would been at stanford and blah, what was blah, that blah. the guy the um Brian Boitano, is that a good No, but the, Scott, the American, oh, Scott Hamilton. Scott Hamilton. I don't know if he had a Food Network thing, but he probably would have won an could have won an Emmy. It's I possible. Know. I mean, he was he won the gold in 84, I believe. When was Brian Boitano? What was the time frames that he was? Boitano was 88-ish, I think. Let's go with him. He's a name that LA, I think has a better chance. Well, I guess Brian Boitano could have been. I was just trying to think of who would be on a Food Network show. You think it's going to be somebody who's American or maybe Canadian? I mean, Canadians, fine, yeah. I'm voting for Brian Boitano just because I don't okay. really. That's... All right, I, I, I will bow to your seniority. Okay, we're going to check in with <laughs> Brian Boitano. Just... <laughs> okay, and Tony OMG, what did you check in with? Well, we were kind of thinking about, you know, once again, Olympics prior to 90, because probably whatever the Emmy was for something, probably after their competition time was done. Uh, Scott put out 80, 84, 88, and I was thinking, well, I don't know if Dorothy Hamill was in more than the 76 Olympics. To me, she's somebody that could have done some other things and maybe she was in three Olympics. I don't know. That's what we went with. We went with Dorothy Hamill, not with any real good gusto behind it, but okay. that's what we checked in. And I can tell you that one team will be getting points. Um, this skater appeared in the 84, 88, not the 92, but did come back from being a professional and compete in the 94 Olympics. Uh, and that is Brian Boitano. <laughs> uh, now you guys were, you guys were actually also correct with Katarina Vitt, except for the Food Network show. She was part of the same production that won Boitano his Emmy in 1990. It was called, get this, Carmen on Ice. It was a night German dance film mm. and Brian Boitano, Brian Orser. I don't know if you remember, they had a, the two Brian's had a big battle in the 88 Olympics um, and Katarina Vitt all won an Emmy in the category of outstanding performance in a classical musical slash dance programming. That all too famous category. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that one, right? Yeah. So, uh, but the answer is Brian Boitano. So Jim Cott uh, Barr, <laughs> congratulations. All right. Question number three of halftime. If I say Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn or Willie Mays Hayes, you naturally think of the 1989 classic Major League. 
And if you don't think it's a classic, we need to have a discussion after this podcast is over. <laughs> While Vaughn and Hayes are arguably the most recognizable names from the movie, the film also focuses heavily on five other members of the fictitious Indian squad. They are the manager, the third baseman, one starting pitcher, the catcher, and a power hitting corner outfielder. For five points apiece, name these five characters. And for this question, both first and last names are required. Oh. Yeah, I think that's it, right? That's we it. Got we got him. All right, we're checked in. Tony OMG has checked in. Jim Kotbar, please feel free to talk out loud. Okay, so we got um, David chiming in with uh, Lou Brown and Jake and Taylor, Tom, of Tom, course. Tom, Tom Berenger's character, that's Jake Taylor. I only remember that from writing questions recently. Right, and then, and then Matt had the Pedro had the, Serrano, had, right? Who's uh, who's the guy in the Allstate commercials? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Allstate. Um, I originally said Dunn, but then I think that his name is Roger Dorn. Dorn, that's right. That's yeah, Corbin Burkson from LA Law. That's the uh, when the tried to when the manager tried to get him to run laps, and he pulled his contract out and he threw it on the ground and <laughs> yeah. whipped it out and started taking a whiz on it. <clears throat> so the starting pitcher is the only one left. Uh, um, I think his name was Eddie, and you think his last name was Harris? That was a guess. It's that. It's that guy who's in everything. He was in Hoosiers. He was in Rudy. He's like yeah. he's 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 run the he's run the gauntlet of sports movies. Um, that yeah. that that's that uh, Josh doesn't like. So uh, except for Scott, probably <laughs> likes Major League. You, um, Major you League. can you can put me in there too. I don't like any of those movies either. Oh man, I'm such a Hoosiers fan. All right, stop distracting me. All right, I don't, so I, I don't dislike Hoosiers. Okay, okay. I never said I disliked Hoosiers. Because that's number crap. that's that's it's number fine. one on my list. I think. All right, ninety I would, seconds, gentlemen. Ninety seconds. I, I mean, I think Eddie Eddie Harris rings a bell, but it's some common-ish name. Uh, yeah, that's better than what I got. So go ahead. Okay. So do we have to recap, or did you get the did you get the five from our discussion? I, I caught the five. Submit from your answer. Let Just every, the rest. listeners hear what you got for an answer. All right. We got Lou Brown, Jake Taylor, Pedro Serrano, Roger Dorn, and Eddie Harris. Lou Brown, he had to talk to a guy about those white walls. Okay. Um, Antonio MG, what did you check in with? Same damn five names. Well, uh, <laughs> those same damn five names are going to get both teams full credit because those are exactly I'm aware right. of that. Well, I'm sorry. Sometimes I have to confirm whether it's right. It's my question. <laughs> so uh, good job. And my flavor text for this one is if anyone disparages that major league is in, in any way, shape or form, not a classic, a subjective amount of points will be deducted from your score. But I'm, I'm going to say it's a classic. Idea. I love major league. So it's a classic. It's one of the best <clears throat> baseball movies ever. Way better than Field of Dreams. Uh, Light years beyond Field of Dreams. Terrible. So I don't know. Field Field Dreams is up there. It 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 is really Uh, boring. Josh and I have yeah we've we've discussed this before. It's boring. I don't I don't mind being on an island. I get it. I get the suspense. I get the suspense. If you build it, yeah. Well, how about you build the movie and then people will come see it again. How about you so just I, don't let Kevin Costner make movies? Well, that okay, that's that may be independently true. Hang but, on, but I, the number one baseball movie of all oh, time is Bull Durham. It, no, it okay, let him make one, and don't let him make any other movies at all. Just see, see, to me, he could be overcome by Burt Lancaster and James Earl Jones. I'm, I'm good with that. They okay. don't make up for how bad and boring he is. So, 
After halftime, we have a score of Jim Kotbar with 410 and Tony OMG with 260. And that'll take us to the second half. We'd like to take a minute to invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BenchwarmersTP. We also have a Facebook group for fans of the pod called The Bench. Join us there to comment on the latest episodes and share cool sports facts and trivia. If you'd be willing to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate the support so that other people may find this podcast. Thanks. And today's third quarter will be five on three. Five on three. For this quarter, there will be three categorized lists containing five items where each item is worth 10 points. The teams will attempt to guess as many items as they can. However, if a team has an incorrect guess, they will receive zero points for that list. I didn't think we were going to win this game anyway, but damn. Even when we have answers, of course they have the answers. (laughs) I was impressed. I did not think that it all, you know, both teams would get all five. That was, that was pretty good. Today's five on three will also have a bit of a wrinkle. There is an optional hint for each list. The trailing team will decide if I read the hint or not on the first list. The other team will get to make that decision for the second list. And whichever team is trailing after the first two questions will be the one to decide whether the optional hint is read aloud or not for the third list. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to question number one. Name the five Major League Baseball players to have a hit streak of 35 games or more since 1975. Now, the optional hint for this question is, I will give you the years that these streaks happened. Scott and Josh, it is your decision as to whether I give you those years or not. I, For this one, I don't know if it's... I don't know if that's going to help at all for me. I think it would help me a little bit, but I think they're going to do really well on this regardless. So I'm thinking we might as well just take the hint because I think they're mm-hmm. going to get most of them anyway. So at least it gives us a chance. Our, at this point, let's get as many points as we can for the fourth quarter. Hope that they get a couple wrong there and that we have enough to at least stay afloat. Okay. I'm fine so, with that. So, yeah, sure, Joe. We'll take, uh, we'll take the years on these. Excellent. And the years are... In chronological order, not in order of the length of the streak. 1978, 1987, 2002, 2005 and six, the streak spanned the off season. And then just 2006 itself. All right, we're checking in. Tony OMG has checked in. Jim Kotbar. Oh, okay. So, so we, what we have for sure is obviously Pete Rose was the 1978. We know for sure the Molitor is the 1987. Mm-hmm. And then we kicked around some names. I am almost positive that Jimmy Rollins is the guy who spanned two years because he was in the top 10. And it was sort of like a lot of suspense going into the next year and whether that should count and blah, blah, blah. So, I, so I'm sure about Molitor, Rose, and Rollins. And then the two names we kicked around were trying to match to the dates that we had uh, so far were Luis Castillo and Chase Utley. Mm-hmm. Um, I am pretty convinced that Utley was there. Matt threw out Chase Utley and, or sorry, I threw out Chase Utley. Matt threw out Luis Castillo. 
Uh, I'm not so convinced I, on Luis Castillo, but I mean, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced, but I could be convinced. And now it's just a question of how much of a chance we want to take. Cause I'm pretty confident about Chase Utley. Cause I seem to remember that it was, no, I agree with you on Rose Molitor, Utley and, um, and Rollins and Rollins. Yeah. And actually, so, if I remember right, Rollins had this, that's the streak that spanned 05 into 06. And then Utley did it later that year. So the Phillies had sort of all yeah. kinds of hit streaks going on in 06. Um, so that would make sense. So O2 could have been Luis Castillo, but it's a question of how much of a chance you want to take. No, let's just go with the four. Okay. So leave off Luis Castillo. So we'll check in with Utley, Rollins, Molitor, and Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose. And Tony OMG, what did you guys check in with? Yeah, we had Rose right off the bat. Um, I came up with Molitor uh, right away. Scott had the had Rollins as the 0506. I asked, did Nutley have a long stretch? And he was like, yes, he did. He's the other 06. We threw out some names for the 02, but none that we felt confident in weight and risking our points. So we checked in with those same four. Both teams have checked in with the same four answers of Pete Rose, Paul Molitor, Jimmy Rollins, and Chase Utley. And both teams will be getting their points. Um, and you had the years right. All Everything you guys said was factually correct. And the 0-2 streak was Luis Castillo. Oh. Um, Future yeah, twins, guys, Luis Castillo. When you guys said it, I thought that might be right. Yeah, I remembered it as I, soon as you said it. But I, I, I wasn't coming up with Castillo. So uh, just, you know, so for informational purposes, uh, Utley and Castillo's streaks were exactly 35 games. Um, Rollins got to 38 before his was broken. <laughs> Molitor, 39. And Pete Rose had the 44 gamer yeah. in 1978. I, I will just tell you this quick story, which is sort of high on the schmaltz meter for Josh. But I remember because I was a little kid when Pete Rose was running his uh, was running his hit streak. And obviously this was way pre-internet and I was too young to stay up for the games. And so it wasn't really that easy to see what was going on. My dad, who was not a sports, not a baseball fan, certainly after the Dodgers left Brooklyn, he would sort of stay up, watch whatever games because they were cutting in to like what every time Pete Rose came up to bat. And then he would leave me a note on the kitchen table and I would wake up each day. I would run downstairs to see if the streak had continued. Hmm, this is like cool. such an old man story, but it was just like my dad would do this just because he knew I was into it, even though he hated baseball. So anyway, there you go, Josh. There's your schmaltzy story. Aww, no, that's uh, no, hey, <laughs> sweet stories are all right. I mean, at age three, I know I was yeah. up watching everything. I was watching yeah. every game watching every at bat of pete rose yeah. okay there you go you, you're gonna make me cry you're gonna make me cry david maybe it's a an eight fiver thing because my dad used to do the similar stuff with the world series in the 90s for me um and i'd run home as soon as i got home from school first thing i would ask him is you know who who won the game last night you know yeah the indians or the marlins in 97 i was like who won last night so yeah, yeah. So, there you david, go Sorry. it only becomes schmaltzy if they make a movie about it <laughs> okay all right, well, I, it's a sweet personal story. I don't know, Josh. That sounds like a Kevin that. Costner film to me. Oh, God. oh, dear. Oh, no. He could be the dad now. He's the he's perfect he's, for the dad. Uh, isn't he more a grandpa now? <laughs> they're actually older, he is older. Dad. Josh, they're, older uh, dad. they're they're nice casting man. they're casting the David Luck story with Zachary Levi now as the uh, oh, <laughs> Zachary God. Levi playing playing a young David. <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes by Lux. Just so you know, in the, in yeah. the, in the movie. <laughs> He's like, call me Deluxe. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, moving on to question number two in five on three. 
Uh, and this time it'll be uh, Jim Kotbar's choice as to whether they hear the optional hint, which I will tell you what it is um, after the question. In the 2019-2020 season, Jose Mourinho took Tottenham Hotspur to the round of 16 in the Champions League. It was the sixth different team that he has managed in the Champions League knockout stages, which is a record. Name the five previous teams he had taken to the knockout stages where he managed at least one knockout round in the Champions League. The hint, if uh, Jim Kotbar so chooses, is I will give you the country that each of these teams come from. Matt, I'm going to 100% leave up whether we get the hint and for that matter, all of the answers to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we'll take the hint. I kind of feel bad that this this is probably more of Matt's wheelhouse than anybody else. And they yeah. No, don't feel bad. You've been throwing wheelhouses to them all day. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs> all right. Listen, uh, Joe, so Joe, you, you've taken me to the knockout round of this game now. But don't. <laughs> okay. okay, so the countries, gentlemen, uh, there are two English teams, one Portuguese, one Spanish, and one Italian. Josh, whenever you want to check in with however many or few you'd like to, Dear go ahead. Uh, All right, Joe, we're going to check in. Jim Kotbar has checked in. Uh, Tony OMG, a.k.a. Josh in this case. Uh, tell us what you're thinking. Uh, the only Portuguese team uh, that I know a uh, name of is FC Porto. Oh, you want me to keep talking? Is that what you're looking for? Uh, that's the general idea, I think. I mean, it's your show more than anything. <laughs> so. I mean, I thought I heard it that he coached recently Man U, I think. I think that might even just before Tottenham. I've heard his name a couple of times, but I don't know. Sure. Beyond that, I, I mean, which other England? Right. I, I don't know. So which... it's either do do one and or you know, do two, do Manu and Porto. Unless you're unsure about Porto, him coaching him. You're, that's just well, I don't know about that, but it's the only Portuguese one I know. And I don't know if they've had a lot of teams win well, or go. I guess they don't have to win. This was the knockout round, right? Yeah. There probably have been other Portuguese teams. I don't know who they are. So here's the thing. If we just go with Manu, we get 10 points. Or if zero. we try for 20, we get zero. Well, I think Manu is right. I, okay. That's, because that's a fairly recent thing. So you might as well. I couldn't tell you anything else. Should we try the those second two? one? Yeah. All right. We're going to check in with FC Porto and Manu. Okay. And Jim Kotbar, uh, Matt, tell us what you checked in with. I think I screwed this one up. I said Benfica. That's the other Portuguese team. Oh, you could be right. I was just naming the one I knew. Well, no, that, that's not what I screwed up. Um, oh. So I said Benfica, then Inter Milan for the Italian one, then Chelsea for one of the English ones, but then I said uh, Barcelona for one of the for the Spain. And now that I think about it, he wasn't the manager at Barcelona. He was there on the staff. So I think I screwed that one up. So. So, yeah, so we said Inter Milan, Barcelona, Benfica, and Chelsea. Um, I will read these answers chronologically going backwards, most recent to most distant. Um, in 2018, he did lead Manchester United to the round of 16. Got eliminated in that round, but did get there. Before that, uh, Real Madrid. 
He did it in 2011, 12, and 13, sure. going That's as true. far as the final four. Inter Milan, uh, he actually won it with Inter Milan mm -hmm. in 09 or 10, one or the other, I forget which. Two stints with Chelsea, uh, made it to the round of 16 both times, made it as far as the final four once. Uh, those were in the mid-aughts mid and again in the mid-2010s. And the victory that kind of put him on the map, he won the 2004 tournament with a small-ish Portuguese team, FC Porto. So Tony OMG will be getting 20 points. And unfortunately, Jim Kotbar um, answered both Barcelona and Benfica, and neither of those were correct. See that, Josh and Scott? You got points? Nope, nope Josh. You gained points on the European soccer question. Uh, that was, okay, one was because it was the only Portuguese team I've ever heard of. I don't even know. What did you say? Benfica? Benfica? Benfica, yeah. Benfica they're, is the they're, team they're, that's they're, the, they won the Portuguese National League last year, and they're playing in the Champions League this year. Uh, they're okay. unfortunately in the uh, same, they're in the same um uh, uh what's the group of the round robin group of Bayern and they're getting their ass kicked right now <laughs> so. wait you said i'm sorry benfica isn't that ben affleck and jennifer lopez exactly that, like when they're there's a youtube channel out there called tifo t-i-f-o that has a ton of just five or six minute videos about european soccer if you know nothing about it and you want to get familiarized a little bit with the teams and the history follow it and watch them once in a while it'll kind of it'll just jog your memory i only knew anything about bundesliga up until like about six months ago when i found tifo and now i've learned who these people are so all right so uh going into question number three tony omg is the trailing team so uh, when i do read the optional hint it'll be your decision as to whether i give it or not okay question three of the top 15 players on the list of NBA career block shot leaders, 10 of them are in the Hall of Fame. I want you to name the five players that are in the top 15 of career blocks, but are not in the Hall of Fame. And the optional hint that Tony OMG can decide whether it is heard or not is I would give you the final seasons played for each of these five players. I'm inclined to take it again, just because I think the more points we can have going into the fourth, the higher we can wager, the better chance we have. All right. So yeah, Joe, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll take the, the years. Excellent. Chronological order, uh, not in order of the number of blocks or anything. Uh, 1993, 1995, 2005, 2013, and still active. We're going to check All in. All right. So Jim Kotbar has checked in. Uh, Tony OMG, tell us your thoughts. So we've got some names. Um, for... <laughs> Mason will be happy. So, I mean, we feel good about Mark Eaton. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Definitely not in the Hall of Fame. Definitely not right. in the Hall. Dwight Howard, still active, makes the most sense. He will be in the Hall at some point, probably, but... He's not yeah, now because he's still active. I totally 100% yep. agree with both of those two for sure. Yep. And then I threw out Tree Rollins. That, that he makes sense around 95, mid 90s. And... Well, he was like, he was, yeah, he was kind of like a player coach, um, like for the Magic right at the end there when Shaq first got there. So I'm thinking that makes sense with the timeline. He was a shot blocker. I mean, yeah, he was a prolific shot blocker. If your name's Tree, you better be, right? <laughs> he averaged a double-double all four years at Clemson. 
And then, and I then threw you threw out Marcus Canby. Just I was trying to think in that. Tw- I, I thought I, he was up there on the blocks list. I mean, he had a long. Career. I think you're right, and he played. He, I was going to say he played for that's 17 years for him. So yeah, that that sounds about right. So the only other one is that 05 that we're not 100 percent on. Yeah, you threw out Sean Bradley. I just I don't even know if he's in the top 10 of blocks though. He didn't play that many games. He was always hurt. So I don't know. I mean, he got a lot of blocks when he played. He, he, yes, I mean, right. When you're, I just, when you're seven he, foot seven. He, yeah, I just don't know if he played. You don't think he played that long? Because the, I mean, there's other guys from back in the day that are in that top ten: Wilt, Kareem, Nate Thurmond. When you're looking at like the, you know that list, yeah. so I don't know that. I, I don't know for sure. I, like I said, I was just throwing that out there as because I know he was yeah. in that '90s to early 2000s I, yeah i just don't so, know if he even made it like 13 or 14 years in the league i can't think of i don't i can't think of a name that yeah uh feels comfortable that i'd risk i feel I, pretty good with the four i agree all right should we so we're gonna check in with mark eaton tree rollins marcus canby and oh my god dwight howard dwight howard <laughs> that's the uh, he's a knucklehead he's in my knucklehead rolodex Okay, and Jim Kotbar, what did you check in with? Well, in an effort to make Josh's head explode, we we check in. We're checking in with the exact same four. Big shocker! I am so surprised. <laughs> uh, so both teams have checked in with the same four names, and both teams will be getting their points um, in order of blocks, the total blocks. Mark Eaton is fourth overall, uh, but the first one who's not Mahal. Um, he has 3,014 career blocks. Tree Rollins, 2,952, which is good for ninth overall. Marcus Camby, 2,331, which is 12th overall. Dwight Howard, at the time that I printed this, I might be different, 2,195, which was good for 13th. And the 15th place player is Sean Bradley. Oh, <laughs> I, I didn't feel confident enough. That, yeah. Yeah. And right. I, uh, he just snuck in probably two months from now. He won't even be on this list. I looked, I looked at the, I, where the next person, it, it's a while. He's safe yeah. for a right. while. Rudy Gobert will get there. It's just, it's going to be a long yeah. time. It's gonna R.I.P. Take time. Exactly. R.I.P. Mark Eaton. All right. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Mark Eaton. Um, if you go from 50, 16 to 20, then there's only one dude who's in the hall. Everybody else isn't. You got Manu Bowl at 16. Some guy named George Johnson at 17. I don't know who that, who? I have no who? idea. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Stepped on your thing. No, that's Larry right. Nance. Larry Nance is 19th and Theo Ratliff is 20th. The only one who's in the hall is at number 18, Kevin Garnett. Josh, the- Theo Ratliff, top 20. <laughs> top 20. I threw out his name when, we, like were, said, when I, we were Like I said, the only reason I ruled him out is just because I was pretty sure he played past 05. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay. So after three quarters, we have a score of 490 for Jim Kotbar and 360 for Tony OMG. And that'll bring us to today's fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, known as Put Your Fours Up. This quarter consists of four categorized questions that teams will wager up to 100 points each not to exceed their current point total.
Josh, all we need is for Matt to F this up again. Like the like the, the soccer one. Wow. I did not one, say that. One slip up could end up evening things out here. Yeah, you know who's more likely to slip up? The categories for today's fourth quarter are as follows. Question one, eruption, which will be about the NFL. Question two, 5150, which will be about boxing. Question three, Panama, which will be about the MLB. And question four, 1984, which will be about big four executives. And it is now time for the teams to place their wagers. Now that the wagers are in, on to the question. Question number one in the fourth, fourth quarter, eruption. Eight players have erupted for over 2,000 rushing yards in a single season. Seven of those eight players made the playoffs in the same season that they rushed for 2,000 yards. But shockingly, six of those seven lost their first playoff game. So what I would like you to tell me is the one player who rushed for 2,000 yards and his team did not make the playoffs in that season, and the one player who rushed for 2,000 yards and was on a team that won at least one playoff game in that same season that they rushed for the 2,000. We're going to check in. Jim Cotbar has checked in. Tony OMG, please share your thoughts. Well, I think we have Terrell Davis as the one who went to the playoffs and won because he went over 2000 in one of the years that they won the Super Bowl. Thank right. yep. So that, yeah, automatically. So he's the one that had, a, had at least a win and had multiple yep. wins. Um, so then the question is who went over 2000 and didn't even make the playoffs? Right. So you, you know that, that Peterson and the Vikings made yep. the playoffs. They, they made the wild card that year. I think uh, Christian Ponder was their quarterback, but uh, I think I don't remember if they lost. It might have been to the Packers in the wild card round. I don't remember for sure. And you're pretty confident that uh, Barry Sanders Lions made the playoffs I that think year. They did make the playoffs the year he went over 2,000. Um, okay, but then I think they. Well, then obviously they lost because we right. know the one who didn't. Right, um, we had uh, Derrick Henry last year. Correct, and they lost in the first round. Are you certain on Chris Johnson that they made? I'm the not certain. Um, they they made the playoffs, you know, a lot. Then though, during that era, they would uh, always lose in the first round. I'm not certain though, by any means. And uh, Jamal Lewis in 2002, and that, that again, I have made the playoffs. They were always making the playoffs. I'm, yeah, that's that's Ravens. my thought too. Um, then Dickerson in the 80s. He could have missed, but I mean, and OJ in the seventies. I don't yeah. know. I've no. I mean, the playoff structure I'm sure was different in seventy three. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know how many teams made the playoffs in seventy three. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't remember hearing a lot about that team being particularly good, outside of having OJ. So I don't know for sure. So like, I'd be fine with that, and you'd think that you know, you know, the Dolphins made it that year and likely like the Steelers. So it could stand to reason that I'm fine with that. Should we, so should we check in with OJ Simpson and Terrell Davis, OJ and TD? Yeah. All right. We're going to check those in for 100 points. So Tony Oliva, uh, excuse me, Tony OMG has checked in Jim Cotbar. 
tell me what you think or what you have checked in with. So we Matt had Terrell Davis really quickly because we're pretty convinced he did win the Super Bowl in the 2,000 yards, uh, the same year that he had 2,000 yards. And uh, when we racked our brains for a little while and remembering the playoff structure was probably a little bit different, uh, we checked in with uh, David Lee Roth lights the menorah, but O.J. Simpson, not a Jew. Uh, <laughs> so last last night of Hanukkah, everybody, just remember. So anyway, uh, yeah, so we checked in with O.J. Simpson as our other one as well. O.J. and T.D. For Do you know who is? For 100 points. But you know Rod, who is? Rod Hall of Famer. Be careful. Their Panama is a question coming up. So M- Mad hits. So both teams have checked in with the same answer and wagered the same amount, and both teams will be receiving the same amount of points. It was O.J. Simpson. His bills did go 9-5, and five, but that was good for second place in the division. Miami beat them out, and in those days, you know, wild cards weren't as you – know, the, the playoffs weren't nearly as expanded. Um, and, yes, of course, Terrell Davis topped 2,000 yards in 98, and that's when the Broncos beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl. So both teams are getting their points on that question, which brings us to question number two, 5150, which is in boxing. On September 17th, 2011, Floyd Mayweather – took the WBC welterweight crown from Victor Ortiz after a controversial knockout win. During the in-ring interview immediately after the fight, Mayweather had a first-class meltdown on the HBO analyst who was conducting the interview. The analyst did not back down from Mayweather, telling him, I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. Who was this analyst? So checked in. Tony OMG has checked in. Jim Kotbar, please talk aloud. I'm so glad that we bet zero on a boxing question when we both know the answer right away. The answer to this, I remember that, that guy, <laughs> Larry Merchant, for zero points. I literally just watched this clip, like, in the last week, and I don't remember why. It popped up on my YouTube recommendations, like, times when announcers got a little bit ahead of themselves or something. It was like somebody put together a... a a splice of this but yeah larry merchant zero points wait for it who larry Mert? Oh, okay you would know this guy if you saw him you would know this guy if you saw him josh I'm i, I guarantee you i wouldn't <laughs> i guarantee you 100 if you showed me a picture right now i would do who guaranteed okay uh so what did you check in with well, we checked in with the obvious answer Tony Price <laughs> for zero points. <laughs> because they're looking, they're looking for the Ivy League educated boxing announcer. Uh, well, that and like 70, 79, he was in college. So he's probably old enough in 2011 to say, you know. Yeah. yeah. yeah that no, makes sense. The, the timeline makes total sense. And I can tell you that one team did get it right, but no teams will be getting points. The answer was. Tony Price. No, it was Larry Merchant. Um, I'm looking this up. I have never seen this dude's face in my life. He was the HBO boxing analyst for 35 years. Um, Retired recently. I don't remember exactly when. Um, But the reason why this whole fight happened is Merchant was pressing Mayweather because the way Mayweather won was there was a stoppage and the referee like put his hand up as if he was about to say fight. And then at the last second, looked away down to ringside. I guess somebody, an official was trying to get his attention. And as he did, he cocked his hand just a little, 
Mayweather took that as time to fight again. Ortiz did not, and he just cold cocked him. He just hit him with a completely. Ortiz was not ready for the punch. So and question so, for you. Yeah. Sorry. Is was Larry Merchant a boxer? Larry Merchant was not a boxer. He was he was the guy on HBO with Jim Langley okay. for so he had, years and years and years. So he had dementia when he said this because. <laughs> I don't care 50 years earlier. If this guy wasn't a boxer, Floyd Mayweather would have killed him. Yes, absolutely. Probably, probably. And he could have been a boxer at some level, but he was not a boxer of note. He was not a professional? Okay. I, he might have gotten paid for fighters. You know what I mean? I can't answer that question, but I, he definitely wasn't a good boxer by those standards. Not by Mayweather's standards, anyway. Uh, it looks like he's um, just so, a, yeah. Yeah, a commentator. So do you look do you know who Jim Lampley is? I mean, do you know because he used to he used to call the games, but he went he did more than just boxing. You can look him up too, Josh. He did a lot of Olympic stuff, yeah, so you Jim, may have yeah, seen his I face. I know Jim Lampley. Okay, okay, but probably from so Olympic. Lamp- um, yeah, just so you guys know, Tony Price only fifty four years old in twenty eleven. So for him to be fifty years younger, he would have been a four year old <laughs> trying to fight. Well, you know what? Floyd he probably would have had as much of a chance of beating <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. As a 50-year younger Larry Merchant. Also, Tony Price led all of the NCAA tournament in 1979 in points. He outscored oh. Magic and Bird through that in that tournament, oh, and oh, they only went to the Final Four. All right, let's let's keep moving. And that's why I said led by Tony Price during that question. <laughs> One team to get it right, but no teams got any points. Is both teams wagered zero? So after the second question, we have a score of 590 for Jim Cotbar. And for Tony OMG, 460, which brings us to question number three, Panama. This Panamanian-born lefty, who was mostly a starter, pitched for 11 teams in his 17-year career, finishing with an 82-81 and record. He started in Atlanta, but his six seasons in Kansas City were by far the longest stint with one team. He left KC for Cleveland after the 2014 season, but only pitched six and a third innings for the Guardians in the 2015 season before hanging up his cleats for good. He also became the first player to play in the World Baseball Classic for two different countries when he unretired to pitch for China in 2017 after pitching for Panama in both 06 and 09. Who is this player? We're going to go ahead and check in. Jim Cotbar has checked in. Uh, Tony OMG, you can talk out loud. Uh, this is all. This is all Scott. Uh, unless, yeah. unless my question triggered it for you. It did actually. It, it okay. did because I was thinking like so. Just looking at the time here, retired in 2015, played 17 seasons, puts him in 1998. Started with Atlanta in that time. Played for Kansas City before for six and a half years before 2015. So we're looking at late, as you like, you old guys like to say, the late aughts to the mid tens. Yeah, that's what they're called. But yeah, sure but old the, younger people don't really use that term. It's the actual term. But yeah. I, I, I know. I'm saying young people don't use proper terms. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So then, uh, my only I think question that's fair, was, right? why would he have pitched for China? And you said right. So I was thinking. So I was thinking it was, this is like oh Dallas Perez or someone. And then you asked why would he pitch for China, and I thought well maybe he's Chinese, and that led me to Bruce Chen, who I know came up with the Braves in the late nineties. I know he played for the Royals for a while. He's a lefty. Time frame fits. He was like a spot starter, so okay. 80, 80 <laughs> wins or so would make sure. sense. 
Oh, and by the way, I typed to Scott when he said Bruce Chen. I typed who? So this is, uh, I say go with it because you have good inkling on it and it sort of fits the criteria. Yeah, so I think I'm going to check that in. But before I do real quick, I just want to tell you guys a little bit more about Tony Price. Um, <laughs> he likes in, waffle fries or something. Not waffle fries. In, what was it in, the, in the 1979 tourney, in back-to-back-to-back games, he defeated Dean Smith, Jim Valvano, and Jim Beheim. Why is this guy God, not in the run. Hall of Fame? Is he in Pretty the College Hall of Fame? Impressive run there. I mean, to beat those that three is, coaches. That is. Huh. You know, yeah. another thing about him. He's not in the top 15 of all-time blocks in the NBA. No. He, he, he also led a come-from-behind win against St. John's in the East Regional Final. So, yeah, Tony Price, the GOAT. We're checking in for 100 points with Bruce Chen. Okay, and Jim Kotbar, what did you check in with? Well, look at me. Checked- I don't have anything to do with this one. This is 100% David. I was like, I don't know anything about this guy. I, I had vague memories that he was from Panama, but yeah, I mean, obviously, what you say to say a name like Bruce Chen, it sounds like he could have easily had Chinese ancestry, so it kind of made sense. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we also checked in with Bruce Chen for 100 points. Oh, of course you did. So both teams have checked in with the same answer for the same amount of points, and both teams will be receiving their points. The answer is Bruce Chen. The only two things of note about Bruce Chen is he narrowly missed. He left Boston between the 03 and 04 season and went to Baltimore. So he missed out on that World Series. And he left Kansas City after 14, before 15. So he missed out on that World Series. So he has zero rings to his to his name, but he was real close a couple of times. Um, it appears he didn't really deserve one. 82 and 81. <laughs> So I don't know if you guys played fantasy baseball back in like the early 2000s, but he must be the most added and dropped player of all time. He would like throw, he would throw a couple good games. Everybody would add him, and then he would get blown yeah. up, and people would drop him. He yep. added, dropped, added, dropped a million times in one season. You'd see him on the transaction list a ton of times yeah. every season. I, did he also I think... didn't he also did, was he really? I mean, I know I guess he was mostly a starter, but didn't he have some bouts as a reliever? He was a swing guy, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's why I said mostly a starter, especially towards the tail end of his career. You look at games played and games started. There's a the gap gets bigger and bigger yeah. as the years mm-hmm. go along. He was one of those big, um, those big. Well, I, he wasn't Japanese, but when you know the Chan Ho Parks and those guys, the Hideki Rabus, it was like, hey, let's get one of those guys. And he came up. I remember with the Braves, and they were like, oh man, now we got Maddox, Small, Glavin, and Bruce Chen. And uh, yeah, it didn't really work out for them. Yeah. Uh, I think I played fantasy baseball once in the late '90s and or late '80s. Sorry, late '80s. And they had fantasy that was baseball. How'd go, you play uh, with well, a newspaper? Stupid. Well, yeah, you had Fax to. Machines. You had to get the newspaper every day and look at the box scores. That's how things were done in the. That just sounds days. like a lot of work. I wasn't the commissioner. I just played in the league, but this no. no. If you wanted to know what was on TV, you had to open a book and flip through pages, and it said like, "Oh, Roseanne's on next Friday at seven thirty. It was called the TV Guide. Yeah, I know it's crazy. I was telling my girlfriend about the other day. I was like, "How do you do? You remember TV guides?" And if you wanted to watch that show, you had to sit down Friday night at nine. (laughs) That's that's right. If you wanted to hear that annoying cackle and watch John Goodman, there was only one way to do it. CRs existed. 
That's true. Oh, that's true. VCR has existed. Yeah, but then, then you had to re- recording. Then you had to record over something you already recorded. So now you lose. Now you got to make a choice. First, you had to or figure had out to, how to set to the clock the on the damn VCR. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Breaking Let's just get to the last so question. because. All right. Ugh. Here we go. And going into the last question, we have a score of 690 for Jim Kotbar and 560 for Tony OMG which means it is still anybody's game. And the fourth question of the fourth quarter is 1984, which is about big four executives. Both the NBA and Major League Baseball changed commissioners in 1984. I want you to name as many of the four people who were either NBA or Major League Baseball commissioner during the calendar year. So this four you will receive 25% of your wager for each correct answer that you give. All right, we'll check in. Jim Kotbar has checked in. Tony OMG, feel free to talk aloud. So what are we looking for, NBA and Major League Baseball? Yeah, I thought it said NFL in there for some reason. MLB and NBA. So when did Stern become commissioner? Was that this year, 84? Right, because he was the one that did the draft lottery, right, in 85? I'm pretty sure that was Stern. Maybe. Right, and I know he had some beef with, like, not not necessarily beef, but didn't, um, what's his name, Jerry Krause have some issues with him in, like, the the late 80s. So I think he was already. Yeah, that makes sense. So who was before? I I can name two NBA commissioners. The current and. David Stern and Adam Silver. Wait, well, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't him. He was still. Was was Larry O'Brien a commissioner? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think he's referred – sometimes I feel like I've heard to him referred as Commissioner O'Brien. Okay. Do you think he was right before Stern? Probably. Okay. All right. And then baseball. So this is before – the guy before Seelig, right? Presumably would be the guy that Seelig, took the job in 84. Seelig didn't have it that early. Right, that's what I mean. So whoever this is who preceded C League would be my guess. Could be, uh, I mean, A. Bartlett Giamatti. When was he? Two minutes. Oh, right, because that's Paul Giamatti's dad, right? So yes, if Paul Giamatti's in his, no, I I think he would probably be earlier than that, maybe. No, he's the one that, um, he's the one that banned Pete Rose. Pete Rose. So oh, well, then he's got it. So he's got to be one. Yeah. So he's got to be the one that took over then in 84. So, yeah, that's, that would be one of our answers. So we could say CERN, O'Brien, Paul Giamatti's dad. No, I mean, that makes sense. If he banned Rose, then yeah, he probably took the job in 84 and probably was the commissioner up until, I don't know, when silly take over, like the mid 90s. Mid to late. Yeah. So that I think that makes sense. I just don't know who was before. I mean, we can go Paul Giamatti's dad, Larry O'Brien, David Stern, and Tony Price. That works for me. I mean, in the end, <laughs> it really doesn't matter because we wagered zero points. All right. So we're going to check in for zero points with uh, Paul Giamatti's dad, A. David Bartlett Stern. Giamatti. Yeah, okay. that that guy, uh, David Stern, Larry O'Brien, 
and Tony Price. Man, Tony Price, just such an accomplished life, really. Yeah, did you know he was the 1979 Ivy League Player of the Year? <laughs> and then, and just a mere five years after that, he was commissioner <laughs> of, of Major League Baseball. Okay, and Jim Cotbar, what did you guys check in with? Matt's throwing up his hands. So, so Larry O'Brien. <laughs> another uh, one where I had nothing to say. <laughs> I was like, I was typing up. I'm like, uh, Stern. I think David Stern about that time, and like he had all four of them. I'm like, okay. Uh, well, Matt, sure. Matt, Matt typed to me Tony Price, but I said no. I did. This is did. right in David's yes. wheelhouse of 1984. How old were you in '84? Fifteen. Yeah. So Larry, so Larry, Larry, uh, so. Larry O'Brien was the commissioner and, and this is when David Stern took over and in my mind started to ruin the NBA. Uh, but in 84 was also when Bowie Kuhn finally retired as commissioner of baseball. And he's one of my least favorite people in the history of baseball. He's, he's the one who wouldn't even go see when Hank Aaron was, was about to break the record. I mean, it was, he was an awful human being. I, I just didn't like the man, but anyway, this was right around the time of the 84 LA Olympics and Peter Uberoth was the local organizer of the LA Olympics. And then they recruited him to be commissioner of baseball. So I'm pretty sure that in baseball, it went from Bowie Kuhn to Peter Uberoth and then, then Larry O'Brien to David Stern in the NBA. So we checked in for 50, right? Uh, who is Correct. Bowie Kuhn? Who's that Uber, Ubisoft guy? They make video games. Actually, <laughs> I've, I've heard of uh, Peter Uberoth. I wasn't going to come up with him, but. So the one team will be getting points. It was Bowie Kuhn going from 69 to 84 and giving way to Peter Uberoff, who then in 1988 decided he no longer wanted to be commissioner and actually campaigned for Giamatti to become the commissioner then. Giamatti mm -hmm. was the commissioner after Uberoff. Got it. Um, and it was Larry O'Brien who went from the mid-70s to 1984, giving way to David Stern. Um, Larry O'Brien, of course, is most well-known because his name's on the trophy yep. for the NBA champion. It's not the only trophy or award that is named after him. <laughs> this guy was the postmaster general of the United States from 65 to 68, and then chair of the Democratic National Committee from 68 to 72. And there is an annual, I think it's annual, but there is a Larry O'Brien Award that is given for outstanding contributions to the Democratic Party, and it is given hmm. away by the DNC. Huh. So he has multiple awards and trophies to his name. Hey, we'll fun fact, no matter what we would have wagered, we would have ended up with the same score that we did with our wager of zero. Oh, that's right. You would have got half-half. Because we got two right and two wrong. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, the game has come to an end, and here are the final scores. With a very respectable 560 points, we have Tony OMG. And our clipboard <laughs> captains of the game, who are receiving the coveted Matt Kavanaugh Award, with a score of 740 points, is break me off another piece of that Jim Cott bar. So uh, before I toss it back over to you guys, I'd just like to say thank you so much. This is, this is my absolute number one favorite podcast, and I, am a, <laughs> I listen to a lot of them. And... Um, you know, this is my second time hosting. I've played twice, so I'm very much looking forward to becoming a, a five-timer the next time I come on. And I really appreciate it. I'm sorry that I ended up inadvertently hitting the wheelhouse of Jim Cartbar a little bit more than I did the other team. Um, I didn't know that David's wheelhouse was going to be what it is. Um, Everything. But regardless, 
in the Sorry? everything 80s, that's ever existed. Everything in the seventies and eighties. Apparently, the fifties and sixties as well. I don't know, and the forties. You got the the TV thing. But uh, no matter how it shook down, it's always a good time. I really do appreciate it, guys. And I do look forward to the next time I'm on. I don't anything know that there's anything like that I love more than embarrassing David at this point. I think it's just, it's, just so <laughs> it's fun. Thanks, Joe. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to write this game like you did before. You know on uh, now with the two that how how difficult it is to write a game and so uh, thank you for taking that time. It's really awesome. So I appreciate that. And I, I, I thought the questions were fun. Obviously, it created a lot of laughter and a lot of ball busting between us. So um, those are the best kinds of games. That's exactly what we love. Thank you, sir. Uh, and I'd like to jump in and thank you. Um, it didn't get a, a mention in the beginning, but thank you for being a, an equipment manager for our Patreon team. We appreciate you and all of our patrons. At least I could do for my favorite podcast. Oh, Joe. Yeah. I mean, it was nice to meet you and come on and play your game. I'm, I'm afraid to say too many flattering things about your game because then Josh will just blame collusion or some kind of nonsense. <laughs> no, no, so, this isn't collusion. It's just, you know, you're the new Eid. Uh, I, <clears throat> I, yeah, I think that's going to be tough to hold up to, but anyway, Joe, oh, this was great. I, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was a, I thought it was a super well-written game. I thought it was, I, I thought there were, no matter what these knuckleheads think, like good range of dates, good range of sports. <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, it, it was, it, I, 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 they, they say like the eighties and seventies. I actually really like all the historical questions. Best of all, those are the ones that I sort of just, you know, that those are the ones that really get me going. So I think, I think that was a lot of fun. Great, great game all the way around. Really well-written. So thank you for coming on and love to play again sometime. Anytime you can start a question with in the history of North American sports, I was like, holy cow, this is going to be a good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, there were some really, some really cool questions, Joe. I mean, I thought the siblings one was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just that one stood out. The Eddie Jones one, of course, was nice because it was nostalgic for me. But yeah, really, uh, you know, well-written game. Uh, thing that these guys said, the only other thing, uh, that I want to say is I just want to give a quote um, from Tony Price after he was named Eastern Regional Tournament MVP after averaging 24 points per game. He said, it was very rewarding. I had a very good senior year, scored a lot of points, and we won a lot of games. It was unbelievable as an Ivy League school to do that. It might not ever happen again. And you know what? It hasn't. It hasn't. It hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't. 52 years later, it holds true. <sighs> it's all so, yeah. 42. so, Joe, just to let you know, None of my saltiness had anything to do with your questions. It was all directed at David. Understood. <laughs> Understood. And I hope you two resolve this someday. Well, thank you for listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. And until next time, we'll keep the bench. That ball hit high and deep. Stretch. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the ball. Yes. Yes. Into deep left center for Mitchell, and we'll see you tomorrow night. That great music you're listening to is by Justin Nozick. Thanks to him for producing that music for us. You've been listening to the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media. We are at Benchwarmers TP. Tony Price, goat. <laughs>